This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. It's the opening episode of 2024, and you know what that means. We're going to screen for classic value stocks. Now, I did record this podcast on the first week of the year, as I always do, but uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. So I'm re-recording it and we're putting it out on the second week, but I'm going to still have the same data for as if it was on January 3rd, 2024. But I love this episode. I love leading off the year with it every year because it's a clear-cut classic value screen. And we also look back at what last year's five classic value stocks did for the year. And this year, I have to say, it is kind of interesting. So let's go over the screen again that we use. This is one of my favorite value screens on Zacks.com. You can get it if you're on the premium Zacks.com or if you're listening here to this podcast. So it looks for quote unquote, classic value stocks. So what does that mean? It uh, looks at all the top value fundamentals, and then it adds the highest Zacks ranks of strong buys, which are the number ones, and buys, which are the number twos. And it adds on the highest Zacks style scores for value, which is A and the Bs. Now, for the actual value fundamentals, what that looks for is a price-to-earnings ratio under 20. So we keep the PE as a little bit higher in this screen, but that's because the screen is very, very narrow. Then it looks for a price-to-sales ratio under 1, a price-to-book ratio under 2, which is actually a little lower than I normally screen for, which is under 3, price-to-cash flow under 20, and a peg ratio under 1. So that's a lot. So we're, we're not, you know, some of our screens, when I do like a simple basic value screen on the podcast, some of those are just the PE, just the price to sales ratio, or many times we've used just the peg ratio to get both value and growth. But this is including all of those plus the price to cash flow and the price to book. So again, it's a very narrow screen. Last year, it actually produced 13 stocks. So that's about, that was among the higher that we've seen actually, but that was probably because of the sell-off in 2022, just made the entire stock market a bit cheaper. But we usually get, you know, anywhere between six and 13, apparently stocks in the screen. And last year's were really interesting in the 13 and the five that I picked, I'm going to repeat what they were and how it turned out. Um, Because that's what I really like about this episode is looking back on the prior year's picks. So the first stock was Deutsche Bank, ticker DB. And if you go back and listen to last year's podcast, I was a little dubious on Deutsche Bank because it's just been beaten up for several years. I think it's done, I don't even know how many rounds of layoffs. And I was a little bit cautious on it last year. But the one-year return as of January 3rd was 18.1%. And the S&P was up 22.7% in that same time period. So it did underperform the S&P 500, but not as much as I would have thought starting out the year. Um, And it did rally the last two months. So that's how it was able to get back some of its earlier in the year losses when we had the banking crisis and that kind of thing. 
But um, Deutsche Bank uh, wasn't, as I said, as poor of a pick as I thought it might be. Ticker D as in David, B as in boy. Second stock was Lending Tree, ticker T-R-E-E. That also had a big rally in the last two months, but it finished up the year 37.9% as of January 3rd. So easily beating the S&P 500 there, but a lot of it was priced in in that big rally to end the year. But we'll take it, right? So that was Lending Tree, ticker T-R-E-E. Then we had an energy stock, Phillips 66. That's on the refining side, ticker P as in Paul, S as in Sam, X. PSX. And that stock also beat the S&P 500 up 29% um, in the year through January 3rd, 2024. The fourth stock was in apparel and retail, PVH, ticker PVH. And they are Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein. This is global. So this I I would have been a little bit suspect of last year as well. These are just very difficult stocks right now. But the one year through January 3rd was up 72.6%, but nearly all of it in that huge rally at the end of the year in the last two months. But still, if you you stuck with it and had patience, you did end up with 72.6%. And the final stock last year was Urban Outfitters, also on the retail side. They own Urban Outfitters, Anthropology, Free People, a little bit of restaurants mixed in there, ticker URBN. And it was up 49.8% for the year through January 3rd. But it wasn't all in the last two months for Urban Outfitters. Their rally started kind of in June. So I consider it a second half of the year rally for Urban Outfitters, but that's a nice return as well. So what what lessons can we take? Well, these out of these five stocks, four out of the five did end up beating the S&P 500. So that's, that's a rounding su- uh, success on last year's um, list and the ones that I picked there. Um, so yeah, interesting to see how things turned out. And that's why you got to have a little bit longer time horizon than, you know, one to three months or, uh, you know, even six months doesn't really tell you the whole story. Um, so what is happening for this year? That's what we really want to get to write the new list. So drum roll, please. I ran the screen and it returned five stocks. That's it. That is a really low amount. I want to say it's the lowest I can remember on running this screen for the January screen, at least. I know we've had like six and seven in prior years, but just five. That kind of tells you that stocks maybe overall on the stock market are expensive and that there's very few top classic value stocks that also have the rising earnings estimates. Because remember, we've got to have the Zach's rank in addition to the cheapness. And so that usually means rising earning estimates to get the number one and number two. So it's a, it's a little bit dubious for us value investors starting the new year. But let's dive into what these five stocks are. Obviously, I didn't have a choice on what to pick this year. So we're just going with the five. And there are some interesting names. So let's dive in. The first stock is Deluxe Corp. It's ticker D as in David, L as in Larry, X. And they describe themselves as a trusted payments and business technology. 
They help businesses pay, get paid, optimize, and grow. And they said they processed more than $2.8 trillion in annual payment volume. So they're a small cap. Um, I, I was hoping we'd see some small caps on this list. Market cap of just $920 million. They've been around a long time. I, I want to say, whenever I think of Deluxe, I want to say I think of like resume paper or something like that. I'm not sure if that's what they've actually done in the past, but um, it sounds familiar. But now, again, more on the digital and tech side. And uh, they did give recently preliminary 2024 Outlook, and they saw free cash flow of sixty to eighty million. So that's very nice free cash flow for a young, uh, a uh, not young, but a small um, little company that um, you know has been around a long while. So they see 2023-2026 compounded uh, annual growth rate of between zero percent and three percent. So it is a low grower but um, still made the list because of its cheapness. So let's talk about that. It has a PE of just 6.4, but it also has a peg of 0.5. And that usually means the rising earnings estimates, right? So, um, you know, analysts are still bullish on what is happening at Deluxe. Now they did say they're getting out of payroll. So keep that in mind. So the, the company is making some strategic decisions and doing some changes. Over the last year, these shares are up 26.6%, most of it in the last two months of the year during the rally, especially as those small caps really rallied. And this one, because that great free cash flow does pay a dividend and it's quite substantial. It's $1.20 a share yielding 5.6%, 5.6. So that's pretty juicy. And so if you're looking around for some small caps, maybe Deluxe should be on your list, ticker DLX on Deluxe. And it's also a Zach's number two buy. So um, fit in that parameters on the Zach's rank. Okay, number two is KT Corp, ticker KT, and it's the largest South Korean uh, telecom or one of the largest South Korean telecom operators. So they do both fixed line and wireless. So I don't think you should be surprised to see some telecom. It's been pretty beaten up. Some of you have asked me to do a podcast just on the telecom stocks, which probably will come a little bit later this year. But this one, market cap of 6.4 and um, also pays a dividend, which many telecoms do. And that's why I know many of you are in them, of 73 cents a share or 5.4% yield. So pretty nice yield there. And um, one year, these shares were down 2.4% as of January 3rd. And then five-year also down 11.3%, whereas the S&P 500 was up. 86 percent in that same time period so you can see where the telecoms just haven't been a thing for many many years that's why it's a value it's also zach's number one so um we don't have many uh, estimates on this one because it is a foreign company usually have less estimates even though it's a big cap uh or i guess mid cap at 6.4 billion but one estimate has been uh uh raised in the last 60 days. Now, how cheap is it? PE is just 6.3. Um, and then the price to sales is just 0.3. So both of those dirt cheap. 
So if you're looking around for a telecom, you might want to keep this one on your short list. It is, again, a Zach's number one strong buy and the only number one on this list. And the ticker is KT. Third stock is in energy again. So second year in a row, we had an energy play. Energy was one of the worst performing sectors last year. So again, not surprising. We're finding some uh, value in this sector, but it's one you might not have heard of because I wasn't familiar with it. It's Liberty Energy, ticker LBRT. L as in Larry, B as in boy, R as in Richard, T as in Tom. It is a smaller mid cap with a market cap of $3.1 billion, and it's a North American energy services firm. And they say they offer technology to onshore oil and natural gas exploration and production companies founded in 2011, headquarters in Denver. In the third quarter, because free cash flow has improved, it raised its dividend 40%. But that dividend is still on the lower side, yielding just 1.5%. Now, recently in the third quarter, they talked about the overall energy market, and they said there was a soft North American frack market, but record pumping efficiencies um, added uh, and um, idled, uh, you know, they idled only one fleet in the quarter. So the industry remains disciplined, basically. So we're not getting overcapacity where everybody's just drill, 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 even with the oil and natural gas. Well, natural gas isn't high anymore, but oil is relatively elevated still. And so everybody is remaining disciplined. And that's what we want to see as energy investors. One year, the stock was up 13.4% through January 3rd, but has fallen in the last two months as energy did weaken towards the end of the year there. Earnings expected to be up 53% in, in 2023, so we're waiting on the fourth quarter earnings report still, but down 6.5% in 2024. Uh, that's not surprising given some of the energy uh, outlook. It's a little bit negative right now, but how cheap is it? PE of just six. It does have a peg of 0.7 because of those, uh, you know, rising earnings for this year and it has price to sales ratio of just 0.6. So obviously it is a classic value stock. And this one too is dirt cheap with a PE under 10. And we were screening for PEs under 20, but we're still getting really dirt cheap stocks on the PE basis. So that's Liberty Energy, ticker LBRT. Fourth company is Open Lane, ticker KAR. So yes, CAR, ticker KAR, because they are a leading operator of digital marketplace for wholesale used vehicles. And recently they just consolidated a couple of their U.S. sites and they created Open Lane US. So that has exclusive off-lease inventory, which isn't available on other digital platforms, and thousands of vehicles from franchise and independent dealers available that were on the backlot cars site that they had. So they also support whole car financing, logistics, and other services. They have people in the U.S., Canada, Europe, Uruguay, and the Philippines. Uh, market cap is just $1.5 billion, so relatively small here in a small cap category. 
And over the last year, stock was up 13.9% through January 3rd. So underperforming the S&P 500 and very volatile. If you go look at that chart, um, kind of classic small cap value chart where um, smaller players are making the moves in it, but up, down, up, down, up, down, but did finish the year up 13.9. So PE, 19.1. So this is one of the ones that did qualify because we had the PE of 20, but it still has a peg ratio of 0.5. And that's because 2023 earnings expected to be up 58.1%. And 2024 up 14.7. So still have the nice earnings growth, but um, it creates the peg that's pretty cheap. That's showing both growth and value. So that's open lane ticker KAR. And then our final stock is one we have heard of before, and it's a mega cap, Toyota Motor, ticker T as in Tom, M as in Mary. TM is the ticker. And market cap of $248 billion. We all know Toyota. They did recently just release their 2023 U.S. sales data, and they saw sales of 2.25 million vehicles, up 6.6% on a volume basis. And um, EV sales, which for them includes battery, hybrids, plug-ins, and fuel cells, surged 30% in 2023 and now make up a third of total sales volume. And they said by the end of 2025, they plan to have an electrified option for every Toyota and Lexus vehicle in the U.S. So you will have the option to buy your favorite Toyota or Lexus in some kind of electrified option by 2025. So what has this stock done? Um, one year up 32.8%. So that is beating the S&P 500 during that period through January 3rd. And I took a look at the earnings, uh, fiscal 2024 earnings up 45.4%, fiscal 2025 up 32 so we got to get to the fiscal 2025. I have a feeling, you know, the analysts aren't really looking quite that far in advance yet. So they're being a little cautious on uh, the future there. Uh, they do pay a dividend yield and it is $4.01 or yielding 2.2% at this time. But they've always been shareholder friendly at Toyota. How cheap is it? We have a PE of 94 and a peg of 0.4, also a price to sales ratio of just 0.8. But the auto manufacturers, including others uh, like GM, have been cheap for several years now. Uh, we've talked about General Motors many times on the Value Investor Podcast, but it's been a little while since we've covered Toyota. So this is an interesting play for 2024. If you're looking around at auto manufacturer and you're looking for value, which you can't find in Tesla, and so maybe Toyota, ticker TM, should be your choice. So most of these stocks did rally to close 2023. You might want to wait for a little bit more weakness. We've had a little bit to start 2024 in, in the stock market and in some of these stocks, but we haven't seen a full-scale pullback or even, you know, a correction, which is 10% in any of these quite yet. We are approaching earnings season, so be sure to tune in for earnings on all of these stocks when they 
our reporting so that we can get the most up-to-date information. And remember, the Zach's rank will change as those earnings estimates are revised. Hopefully, they're revised higher and we get a good rank going forward, but it is only a one to three month recommendation. And we are technically holding these stocks for the next year to see how this list of stocks turns out. But um, I still like to use the Zach's rank to screen for stocks, especially now, because it does give us stocks that hopefully are seeing some rising earnings estimates. That means the analysts are revising them higher, and that is bullish. It has to be something good to say, hey, I'm too low, and I need to raise, especially going into earnings season. So another common thread with these stocks um, for this year are good free cash flows, only uh, Open Lane did not pay a dividend. The rest did. They're rewarding shareholders. Those are kind of a, a hallmark of value stocks often that we get some income along with the value, but not always, but often. And I kind of like to see that because I'm kind of into the income here in 2024. So um, let me repeat the stocks again for this year's list to make sure that you have those. And we'll be tracking these as we go along for this year. And I'll be running the screen some more as we do do more value investor podcasts. Cause I do consider this one of my favorite screens. And I like to see what stocks are in the classic value category with all of those narrow um, terms there, because it's pretty impressive if you're cheap in every single one of those categories and have the style score and have the Zach's rank. So let's go run over the ticker again. We had deluxe ticker DLX. We had KT Corp, the telecom from South Korea, ticker K as in um, uh, Kathy, K as in Kathy and T as in Tom. So KT for that. Then we had Liberty Energy, ticker LBRT. L as in Larry, B as in boy, R as in Richard, T as in Tom. Then we had Open Lane, kind of the growthy value that was in this with the nice double-digit earnings growth expected. Ticker K as in Kathy, A as in Andrew, R as in Richard. And then we finished with Toyota, the old mainstay, but looks to be very cheap here. Ticker T as in Tom, M as in Mary. And as always, I'm bringing you value stock all year long. You want to be sure to tune in. Get us somewhere. We are on, on YouTube with just the audio over there on the Zach's podcast page. So you can subscribe there to make sure you never miss an episode and just launch it on YouTube. But put in Zach's podcast on the search line and you'll find all of our podcasts there, including Nina's great ETF innovators podcast but be sure to get us somewhere and i'll see you again next week with some more value stocks this material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment legal accounting or tax advice or a recommendation to buy sell or hold a security do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal tax or accounting counsel publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney client relationship no recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor it should not be assumed that any investments in securities companies sectors or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.